0: Welcome to this exciting new study of the Book of Mormon. I'm Merrill Osmond, and I've been a close friend of Dr. Cleon Skousen for almost a lifetime. Dr. Skousen taught classes on the Book of Mormon for many years at the Brigham Young University. Before his retirement, he had been engaged in six successful careers, and teaching the Book of Mormon and the Old Testament to more than a 1,000 students each week will always be remembered as one of his favorites. Now, as we present this course, the powerful and very impressive narration of the Book of Mormon will be presented by Wendell Noble. Wendell first became well known in his home state of Arizona and then moved to Los Angeles where he became a very popular speaker and singer on a regular weekly radio network program. He also conducted the popular tours of religious paintings at the Forest Lawn Memorial Park. Dr. Skousen was a great admirer of Wendell Noble. He and Gwen Noble, Wendell's wife, induced Wendell to record the entire text of the Book of Mormon as only he could do it. Wendell agreed to make this recording if Dr. Skousen would provide a commentary and historical background for the text as it was narrated. And so at the age of 86, he has agreed to go ahead on this major project as he had promised Wendell he would. First, you'll hear Dr. Skousen and then Wendell Noble. Dr. Skousen. Thank you, my good friend Merrill Osmond. When the
1: Osmond brothers were little fellows, they were already becoming famous singers, so whenever I was asked to speak in their vicinity, I would always ask them to perform. Well, they soon grew up and became world-famous, and now they have their own magnificent theater in Branson, Missouri. Now, here at the beginning, let me briefly mention one thing. Merrill indicated that I taught the Book of Mormon at the Brigham Young University for many years. During that time, I prepared four volumes with a commentary on each verse in this great book. However, these study manuals contain blanks which my students filled in as the lesson unfolded. Throughout my commentary, I will be referring to the illustrations and articles in these books and citing the page numbers for those who wish to look them up. However, if you want these four study guides with the blanks already filled in, you can get them on a CD called The Complete Works of W. Cleon Skousen. Now we will commence our study of the Book of Mormon. We start with the opening chapters written by the brilliant young prophet named Nephi. He begins by telling us something about himself. Here is Wendell Noble
2: I, Nephi, having been born of goodly parents, therefore I was taught somewhat in all the learning of my father, and having seen many afflictions in the course of my days, nevertheless, having been highly favored of the Lord in all my days, yea, having had a great knowledge of the goodness and the mysteries of God, therefore I make a record of my proceedings in my days.
1: Nephi turns out to be a very modest biographer. In this first verse he pays tribute to his parents and then tells us only two things about himself. First Nephi says he suffered many afflictions, but he doesn't tell us he was almost murdered five times, four times by his own brothers. He doesn't tell us about nearly starving to death during an eight-year journey through the Saudi Arabian wilderness. He doesn't tell us about building a ship and traveling halfway round the world. He also sweeps over his fantastic spiritual experiences simply by saying he was highly favored of the Lord. But it is only later that we find out that he was shown 2,600 to 2,700 years of future world history. He saw everything the prophet Isaiah saw. He saw the life and ministry and crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He saw the restoration of the gospel in the latter days. Here is one of the truly great prophets in all scriptural history.
2: Yea, I make a record in the language of my father which consists of the learning of the Jews and the language of the Egyptians. And I know that the record which I make is true, and I make it with mine own hand, and I make it according to my knowledge.
1: Actually, Nephi made two records. One was the secular history of wars and political events, but this one we are presently reading is his record of the revelations and spiritual events which occurred over the years. We should mention that Nephi had been taught to write Egyptian because it was a much more efficient method of writing than Hebrew, sort of like an ancient system of shorthand. In the first volume of the Treasures from the Book of Mormon, which I mentioned a moment ago, beginning on page 20 of that first volume, you will find a fascinating history of the Egyptian language, and learn why the entire Book of Mormon was written in Reformed Egyptian rather than Hebrew.
2: For it came to pass in the commencement of the first year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah my father Lehi, having dwelt at Jerusalem in all his days. And in that same year there came many prophets, prophesying unto the people that they must repent, for the great city Jerusalem must be destroyed.
1: The first year of the reign of King Zedekiah was 600 B.C., and this is the year when the Book of Mormon begins. However, 600 B.C. was a terrible year for Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made his first major assault on Jerusalem and temporarily besieged the city in that year. He looted the temple of gold to make up for the taxes and tribute the Jews had not been contributing. The Babylonians also carried off 10,000 of the city's best workers and artisans. King Nebuchadnezzar was so angry with Jerusalem that he even removed the king from the throne— and made his younger brother king in his stead. This new king was the young 21-year-old Zedekiah mentioned in this verse. Meanwhile, the prophet Jeremiah was going up and down the streets of the city, urging the people to submit to Nebuchadnezzar. After all, Nebuchadnezzar's chief advisor was the prophet Daniel. And Babylon was being governed by three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But the ruling classes in Jerusalem despised the Babylonians. They preferred the Egyptians. They also despised the prophet Jeremiah, who was saying that if the people did not listen to his warnings, Jerusalem would be totally destroyed. Furthermore, not only was Jeremiah going up and down the streets predicting the fall of Jerusalem, but so was a host of other lesser prophets. All of these developments were terribly disturbing to Nephi's father, who was a wealthy caravan merchant living in Jerusalem. His name was Lehi.
2: Wherefore it came to pass that my father Lehi, as he went forth, prayed unto the Lord, yea, even with all his heart, in behalf of his people. And it came to pass, as he prayed unto the Lord, there came a pillar of fire, and dwelt upon a rock before him and he saw and heard much. And because of the things which he saw and heard, he did quake and tremble exceedingly. And it came to pass that he returned to his own house at Jerusalem, and he cast himself upon his bed, being overcome with the spirit and the things which he had seen. After
1: a great spiritual quickening of the body, it often leaves a person terribly weak. Moses says that after his first vision of God, he was so weak he could not get up from the ground for several hours. Lehi also felt weak and debilitated after his vision, and therefore he returned to his house and retired to his bed. Notice that the record never tells us what he saw or heard in his first
2: vision. And being thus overcome with the spirit, he was carried away in a vision, even that he saw the heavens open, and he thought he saw God sitting upon his throne, surrounded with numberless concourses of angels, in the attitude of singing and praising their God.
1: Now in this second vision we know exactly what he saw. He was shown a vision of God in all his glory, surrounded by
2: his heavenly hosts. And it came to pass that he saw one descending out of the midst of heaven, and he beheld that his luster was above that of the sun at noonday.
1: Now Lehi sees the Savior coming to minister to the earth. He noticed that the Savior's brilliant luster was even greater than that of the sun.
2: And he also saw twelve others following him, and their brightness did exceed that of the stars in the firmament. Lehi even got to see a vision of the twelve apostles,
1: who had ministered to the earth with Jesus over 600 years later. Lehi said that in this vision, the luster of the twelve apostles exceeded that of the stars. It is at this point that we can see exactly what these spectacular series of visions were designed to accomplish. Of course, Lehi was told to testify to the Jews concerning the visions he had seen, but it turns out that Lehi was receiving a completely new dispensation of the gospel. But it was not for the Jews. It was designed for the millions of Lehi's descendants who would occupy the western hemisphere of America clear around on the other side of the world. As in the opening of other dispensations, notice that Lehi was allowed to see the Father in all his glory. He saw the Son in all his brilliance, exceeding that of the Son. Then he saw the twelve apostles coming at the end of this new dispensation, which began with the prophet Lehi and ended with the resurrection of Christ.
2: And they came down and went forth upon the face of the earth. And the first, came, and stood before my father, and gave unto him a book, and bade him that he should read. And it came to pass, that as he read, he was filled with the Spirit of the Lord, and he read, saying, Woe, woe unto Jerusalem, for I have seen thine abominations. Yea, and many things did my father read concerning Jerusalem, that it should be destroyed, and the inhabitants thereof many should perish by the sword, and many should be carried away captive into Babylon. And it came to pass that when my father had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he did exclaim many things unto the Lord, such as, Great and marvelous are thy works, O Lord God Almighty! Thy throne is high in the heavens, and thy power and goodness and mercy are over all the inhabitants of the earth. And because Thou art merciful, Thou wilt not suffer those who come unto thee that they shall perish. And after this manner was the language of my father in the praising of his God, for his soul did rejoice, and his whole heart was filled, because of the things which he had seen, yea, which the Lord had shown unto him. Apparently it was
1: the Savior who stood before Lehi, and gave him the book to read. Lehi not only read a certain portion of the book, but the Spirit of the Lord came over him. In verse 14, we learn that he was allowed to see a marvelous vision of events in the future. The destruction of Jerusalem was a horrible vision. It turned out that this occurred in 587 B.C., just 13 years later. King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon would become so outraged with the insults and disdain of King Zedekiah and his associates, that he would besiege Jerusalem, tear down the temple of Solomon, destroy the walls of the city, slaughter a great many of the inhabitants, and then carry away the remnants to Babylon as prisoners. It would be the most devastating attack on Jerusalem in its entire history, exactly as the prophet Jeremiah predicted. However, during this vision, Lee I noticed that the lives of the righteous were preserved. This came as a great relief. He felt compelled to praise God for His goodness and mercy.
2: And now I, Nephi, do not make a full account of the things which my father hath written, for he hath written many things which he saw in visions and in dreams, and he also hath written many things which he prophesied and spake unto his children of which I shall not make a full account. But I shall make an account of my proceedings in my days. Behold, I make an abridgment of the record of my father, upon plates which I have made with mine own hands. Wherefore, after I have abridged the record of my father, then will I make an account of mine own life. We wish we
1: had all of the prophecies and writings of the prophet Lehi, and some day we will have them. Several times the Lord has promised that all of these sacred records of the past will eventually be made available to the saints in the latter
2: days. Therefore I would that ye should know that after the Lord had shown so many marvelous things unto my father Lehi, yea, concerning the destruction of Jerusalem, behold, he went forth among the people, and began to prophesy and to declare unto them concerning the things which he had both seen and heard. And it came to pass that the Jews did mock him because of the things which he testified of them, for he truly testified of their wickedness and their abominations. And he testified that the things which he saw and heard, and also the things which he read in the book, manifested plainly of the coming of a Messiah, and also the redemption of the world. In these
1: two verses we learn that Lehi told the people of Jerusalem three things— First, he told them of their wickedness and abominations. Secondly, he told them that unless they repented, Jerusalem would be completely destroyed, just like Jeremiah said it would. And third, Lehi told the people of Jerusalem something that was absolutely forbidden among the Jews. He said that when their Messiah came among them, they would not recognize him, but denounce him as an impostor and kill him. The Jews believed this prediction was a wicked myth, and that it threatened their very integrity as a people. They would never kill their Messiah. In fact, years earlier, when prophets had made this prediction, it was decided they would kill anyone who taught this terrible doctrine. They had stoned Zenos to death for teaching it, also Zenoch. And now when they heard Lehi saying that he had seen a vision of the future, and they would kill their Messiah, there was an uproar among the people. Here is what happened.
2: And when the Jews heard these things, they were angry with him. Yea, even as with the prophets of old, whom they had cast out and stoned and slain, and they also sought his life, that they might take it away. But behold, I, Nephi, will show unto you that the tender mercies of the Lord are over all those whom he hath chosen, because of their faith, to make them mighty even unto the power of deliverance.
1: The illustration portraying Lehi talking to the angry crowds in Jerusalem is found in volume 1, page 17. Now Nephi believed that if it had not been for the providence of God, his father would have been killed. To save his life, Lehi had to flee from the crowd, but where would he go? He had a permanent home in Jerusalem, but that is probably the first place the mob would go to find him. It is more likely that he raced down Sorek Valley, just west of Jerusalem, and took a back route down to the family estate near the community of Lehi, the town after which the prophet was named. This community has been identified by the Hebrew University. It is about 21 miles southwest of Jerusalem and no doubt far enough away to give the fleeing Lehi a temporary place of security. We think he must have been in a state of total exhaustion when he finally reached a place of safety and fell into a deep sleep. Now First Nephi chapter 2. In Lehi's earlier revelations the Lord communicated with him directly in two open visions. But now, as Lehi lay asleep, the Lord
2: conversed with him in a dream. For behold, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto my father, yea, even in a dream, and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Lehi, because of the things which thou hast done. And because thou hast been faithful and declared unto this people the things which I commanded thee, behold, they seek to take away thy life. This verse begins by telling us two things.
1: First, we learn that it was the Lord who told Lehi to warn the people of Jerusalem and tell them what he had seen in his two visions. Secondly, he was told not to go back up to Jerusalem because the people were planning to kill him. Now the Lord told Lehi something which must have come to him as a tremendous
2: surprise. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded my father, even in a dream, that he should take his family and depart into the wilderness. This revelation must have temporarily stunned Lehi.
1: This command involved a complete uprooting of Lehi and his family. It required them to abandon their home, all their wealth, and head out into the wilderness southeast of Jerusalem. No doubt they left their gold, silver, and jewelry in a treasure cave. Such a cave has been actually found near the community of Lehi. It is not a natural cave. It has a small entrance with the interior dug out by hand. This cave was found only a few years ago. It has writings on the wall with Hebrew letters which were used around 600 B.C., before the Jews were carried away to Babylon. The archaeologists at Hebrew University feel that this was indeed a treasure cave, which was covered over and lost somewhere
2: near 600 BC. And it came to pass that he was obedient unto the word of the Lord. Wherefore he did as the Lord commanded him. And it came to pass that he departed into the wilderness. And he left his house, and the land of his inheritance, and his gold, and his silver, and his precious things, and took nothing with him save it were his family, and provisions, and tents, and departed into the wilderness.
1: Lehi was a wealthy trader and merchant, and undoubtedly he used one of his regular camel caravans to make this journey. Seed bags, heavy tents, and family possessions were carried up to a hundred and fifty pounds on either side of each camel, And this is probably the way he set out on
2: his journey. And he came down by the borders near the shore of the Red Sea. And he traveled in the wilderness in the borders which are nearer the Red Sea. And he did travel in the wilderness with his family, which consisted of my mother, Saria, and my elder brothers, who were Laman, Lemuel, and Sam.
1: It would have taken Lehi about twelve days to have traveled over the rough terrain in order to reach the Red Sea. But he did not stop
2: at the major port of the Red Sea. He continued further south. And it came to pass that when he had traveled three days in the wilderness, he pitched his tent in a valley by the side of a river of water. And it came to pass that he built an altar of stones, and made an offering unto the Lord and gave thanks unto the Lord our God. Notice
1: that Lehi traveled three more days before he stopped and made camp. He had been running for his life, and at the first opportunity he made a sacrifice to the Lord. He was so grateful he had escaped from his enemies who wanted to kill him.
2: And it came to pass that he called the name of the river Laman and it emptied into the Red Sea, and the valley was in the borders near the mouth thereof. And when my father saw that the waters of the river emptied into the fountain of the Red Sea, he spake unto Laman, saying, O that thou mightest be like unto this river, continually running into the fountain of all righteousness. And he also spake unto Lemuel, O that thou mightest be like unto this valley firm and steadfast, and immovable in keeping the commandments of the Lord.
1: Joseph Smith would not have known that desert people give different names to rivers and the valleys to which they run. This is because desert rivers seldom last more than a few months, and then they dry up. Joseph Smith would also not have known The desert people speak of valleys being firm and steadfast. In America, these attributes are attributed to mountains. There are hundreds of evidences in the Book of Mormon that things were written by Joseph Smith in this wonderful text which he could not possibly have known from his own background and experience. Now we learn why Lehi named the river and the valley after his two eldest sons. There was a civil war brewing in this family.
2: Now this he spake because of the stiff-neckedness of Laman and Lemuel. For behold, they did murmur in many things against their father, because he was a visionary man, and had led them out of the land of Jerusalem to leave the land of their inheritance, and their gold, and their silver, and their precious things, to perish in the wilderness. And this they said he had done because of the foolish imaginations of his heart. And thus Laman and Lemuel, being the eldest, did murmur against their father. And they did murmur because they knew not the dealings of that God who had created them. Neither did they believe that Jerusalem, that great city, could be destroyed, according to the words of the prophets. And they were like unto the Jews who were at Jerusalem, who sought to take away the life of my father.
1: No doubt the fact that Lehi received his last two visions while in a dream gave an excuse to Laman and Lemuel to ridicule their father and argue that this journey was an illusionary adventure based on dreams. They had made Lehi's life totally miserable on this journey, and when they had failed to respond to his gesture of kindness by naming the valley and the river after them, he was completely disgusted with them.
2: And it came to pass that my father did speak unto them in the valley of Lemuel, with power, being filled with the Spirit, until their frames did shake before him, and he did confound them, that they durst not utter against him, wherefore they did as he commanded them. And my father dwelt in a tent. After Laman and Lebele began to shake and
1: tremble, I can just imagine them saying, Well, all right, Father, all right, all right. Now it was at this time that Nephi decided to ask the Lord for a verification of his father's divine calling. He could see a real crisis developing in the family, and he wanted to have the word of the Lord directly to him that they were on a divine mission.
2: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, being exceeding young, Nevertheless being large in stature, and also having great desires to know of the mysteries of God, wherefore I did cry unto the Lord, and behold, he did visit me, and did soften my heart, that I did believe all the words which had been spoken by my father. Wherefore I did not rebel against him like unto my brothers, and I spake unto Sam, making known unto him the things which the Lord had manifested unto me by his Holy Spirit. And it came to pass that he believed in my words.
1: Sam was just a little older than Nephi, and it must have been gratifying when Nephi gained the support of his older brother. We should mention in passing that Sam was not an abbreviation of Samuel, but was actually the Egyptian name for Shem, the eldest son of Noah. In Egypt, Sam was a very sacred name. Now Nephi decides to tell Laman and Lemuel that God has verified to him that this journey is a divine calling.
2: But behold, Laman and Lemuel would not hearken unto my words, and being grieved because of the hardness of their hearts, I cried unto the Lord for them. Now Nephi receives his second revelation. And it came to pass that the Lord spake unto me, saying, Blessed art thou, Nephi, because of thy faith, for thou hast sought me diligently with lowliness of heart. And inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper, and shall be led to a land of promise, yea, even a land which I have prepared for you, yea, a land which is choice above all other lands. And inasmuch as thy brethren shall rebel against thee, they shall be cut off from the presence of the Lord.
1: In this revelation, the Lord was looking down the corridors of future history for over a thousand years.
2: And inasmuch as thou shalt keep my commandments, thou shalt be made a ruler and a teacher over thy brethren. or behold, In that day that they shall rebel against me, I will curse them, even with a sore curse. And they shall have no power over thy seed, except they shall rebel against me also. And if it so be that they rebel against me, they shall be a scourge unto thy seed, to stir them up in the ways of remembrance.
1: After this second revelation, Nephi hurried to the tent of his father to give Lehi the good news that he had received two revelations. But apparently he never got to tell his father about them just then, because the moment Lehi saw his son, the record says,
2: And it came to pass that I, Nephi, returned from speaking with the Lord to the tent of my father. And it came to pass that he spake unto me, saying, Behold, I have dreamed a dream, in the which the Lord hath commanded me that thou and thy brethren shall return to Jerusalem. For behold, Laban hath the record of the Jews, and also a genealogy of thy forefathers, and they are engraven upon plates of brass. Wherefore the Lord hath commanded me that thou and thy brothers should go unto the house of Laban, and seek the records, and bring them down hither into the wilderness. But
1: it turns out that Lehi has already spoken to Laban and Lemuel about this assignment, and they
2: have refused to go. And Now behold thy brothers murmur, saying, It is a hard thing which I have required of them. But behold, I have not required it of them, but it is a commandment of the Lord. Therefore go, my son, and thou shalt be favored of the Lord, because thou hast not murmured. Now Nephi makes a classical
1: statement which young people have memorized throughout the church from generation to
2: generation. He said, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto my father, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. For I know that the Lord giveth no commandments unto the children of men, save he shall prepare a way for them that they may accomplish the thing which he commandeth them.
1: Listen as Nephi describes his father's reaction to these words.
2: And it came to pass that when my father had heard these words, he was exceeding glad, for he knew that I had been blessed of the Lord. So
1: Nephi and his brethren prepared to make the twelve-day camel train trek back to Jerusalem.
2: And I, Nephi, and my brethren took our journey in the wilderness with our tents to go up to the land of Jerusalem. And it came to pass that when we had come up to the land of Jerusalem, I and my brethren did consult one with another. And we cast lots. Who of us should go in unto the house of Laban? And it came to pass that the lot fell upon Laman. And Laman went in unto the house of Laban, and he talked with him as he sat in his house. And he desired of Laban the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass which contained the genealogy of my father. It
1: turned out that the records in possession of General Laban were the most precious heirloom of the whole tribe of Joseph. This set of plates had been started by Joseph, who was sold into Egypt, and his descendants had kept them up to date ever since then. When Laman told the general that God had said the plates were to be surrendered to his father Lehi, The eruption of rage in general Laban was
2: of volcanic proportions. And behold, it came to pass that Laban was angry, and thrust him out from his presence, and he would not that he should have the records. Wherefore he said unto him, Behold, thou art a robber, and I will slay thee. But Laman fled out of his presence, and told the things which Laban had done unto us. And we began to be exceeding sorrowful. And my brethren were about to return unto my father in the wilderness.
1: Nephi knew how desperately his father wanted these plates, because God had commanded Lehi to obtain them. Nephi therefore quickly thought of a daring strategy to propose to his brothers.
2: But behold, I said unto them that, As the Lord liveth, and as we live, we will not go down unto our father in the wilderness until we have accomplished the thing which the Lord hath commanded us. Wherefore, let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Therefore, let us go down to the land of our father's inheritance. For behold, he left gold and silver and all manner of riches, and all this he hath done because of the commandments of the Lord. For he knew that Jerusalem must be destroyed because of the wickedness of the people, For behold, they have rejected the words of the prophets. Wherefore, if my father should dwell in the land, after he hath been commanded to flee out of the land, behold, he would also perish. Wherefore, it must needs be that he flee out of the land. And behold, it is wisdom in God that we should obtain these records, that we may preserve unto our children the language of our fathers and also that we may preserve unto them the words which have been spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets, which have been delivered unto them by the Spirit and power of God since the world began, even down unto this present time. And it came to pass that after this manner of language did I persuade my brethren that they might be faithful in keeping the commandments of God.
1: It must be kept in mind that what Nephi was proposing was the sacrifice of the entire inheritance of this family. But since no one could think of any better idea, they decided to
2: try it. And it came to pass that we went down to the land of our inheritance, and we did gather together our gold and our silver and our precious things. And after we had gathered these things together, we went up again unto the house of Laban, And it came to pass that we went in unto Laban, and desired him that he would give unto us the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass, for which we would give unto him our gold, and our silver, and all our precious things. It is interesting that when
1: General Laban saw this fabulous collection of wealth, he lusted after it. He didn't want to give up the records, but neither did he want to lose the opportunity to
2: acquire all these riches. And it came to pass that when Laban saw our property, and that it was exceeding great, he did lust after it, insomuch that he thrust us out, and sent his servants to slay us, that he might obtain our property. And it came to pass that we did flee before the servants of Laban, and we were obliged to leave behind our property, and it fell into the hands of Laban. And it came to pass that we fled into the wilderness, and the servants of Laban did not overtake us and we hid ourselves in the cavity of a rock. And it came to pass that Laman was angry with me, and also with my father, and also was Lemuel, for he hearkened unto the words of Laman. Wherefore Laman and Lemuel did speak many hard words unto us, their younger brothers, and they did smite us even with a rod. So
1: Nephi's strategy had failed, and the family had lost their fortune. Laman and Lemuel were furious with Nephi, they began beating on him, and when Sam tried to intervene on Nephi's behalf, the older brothers beat on Sam too. Then a rather amazing thing happened.
2: And it came to pass, as they smote us with a rod, behold, an angel of the Lord came and stood before them, and he spake unto them, saying, Why do ye smite your younger brother with a rod? Know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you? and this because of your iniquities. Behold, ye shall go up to Jerusalem again, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. And after the angel had spoken unto us, he departed.
1: You would have thought that Laban and Lemuel would have been deeply impressed by the appearance of this angel. But the heavenly being was barely gone when Laman and Lemuel began to protest and argue that the promises of
2: the angel were impossible, absolutely impossible. And after the angel had departed, Laman and Lemuel again began to murmur, saying, How is it possible that the Lord will deliver Laban into our hands? Behold, he is a mighty man, and he can command fifty, yea, Even he can slay fifty. Then why not us? First Nephi, chapter four.
1: Now Nephi was confronted with a monumental task. How could he persuade his brothers to try just once more? Already they had failed twice. What else could they do? Nephi's first task was to get the brothers to at least let him try to get the plates. But it turns out that even he didn't have any idea how he might do it.
2: And it came to pass that I spake unto my brethren, saying, Let us go up again unto Jerusalem, and let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. For behold, he is mightier than all the earth. Then why not mightier than Laban and his fifty, yea, or even than his tens of thousands? Therefore let us go up, let us be strong like unto Moses, for he truly spake unto the waters of the Red Sea, and they divided hither and thither. And our fathers came through out of captivity on dry ground, and the armies of Pharaoh did follow and were drowned in the waters of the Red Sea. Now behold, ye know that this is true, and ye also know that an angel hath spoken unto you. Wherefore can ye doubt? Let us go up, THE LORD IS ABLE TO DELIVER US, EVEN AS OUR FATHERS, AND TO DESTROY LABAN, EVEN AS THE EGYPTIANS. NOW WHEN I HAD SPOKEN THESE WORDS, THEY WERE YET WROTH, AND DID STILL CONTINUE TO MURMUR. NEVERTHELESS, THEY DID FOLLOW ME UP UNTIL WE CAME WITHOUT THE WALLS OF JERUSALEM.
1: BY THIS TIME NEPHI HAD DECIDED TO DEPEND ENTIRELY ON THE LORD TO GET HIM OUT OF THIS PREDICAMENT. HE
2: SAYS, AND IT WAS BY NIGHT and I caused that they should hide themselves without the walls. And after they had hid themselves, I, Nephi, crept into the city, and went forth towards the house of Laban. And I was led by the Spirit, not knowing beforehand the things which I should do.
1: On one of my tours to the Holy Land I went out late one night to feel my way down along one of the dark streets in the suburbs of Jerusalem, I wanted to see what it must have been like when Nephi did it 2600 years ago. It was a frightening experience and could have been dangerous.
2: Nevertheless, I went forth, and as I came near unto the house of Laban, I beheld a man, and he had fallen to the earth before me, for he was drunken with wine. And when I came to him, I found that it was Laban, and I beheld his sword and I drew it forth from the sheath thereof, and the hilt thereof was of pure gold, and the workmanship thereof was exceeding fine, and I saw that the blade thereof was of the most precious steel.
1: It was wise for Nephi to quickly disarm General Laban by withdrawing his sword. In Volume 1, page 35, we see an illustration of Nephi kneeling beside the unconscious Laban with the general's sword in his hand. And it was at this moment that the Spirit of God gave Nephi a shocking message.
2: And it came to pass that I was constrained by the Spirit that I should kill Laban. But I said in my heart, Never at any time have I shed the blood of man. And I shrunk, and would that I might not slay him. And the Spirit said unto me again, Behold, the Lord hath delivered him into thy hands yea and i also knew that he had sought to take away mine own life yea and he would not hearken unto the commandments of the lord and he also had taken away our property and it came to pass that the spirit said unto me again slay him for the lord hath delivered him into thy hands behold the lord slayeth the wicked to bring forth his righteous purposes It is better that one man should perish than that a nation should dwindle and perish in unbelief.
1: Notice that the Spirit had commanded him three different times to slay General Laban. The Spirit had even explained to Nephi why God was justified in commanding Laban to be slain. Still Nephi hesitated. He began to reason within himself. As he later wrote,
2: And now when I, Nephi, had heard these words, I remembered the words of the Lord which he spake unto me in the wilderness, saying that, Inasmuch as thy seed shall keep my commandments, they shall prosper in the land of promise. Yea, and I also thought that they could not keep the commandments of the Lord according to the law of Moses, save they should have the law. And I also knew that the law was engraven upon the plates of brass, And again, I knew that the Lord had delivered Laban into my hands for this cause, that I might obtain the records according to his commandments. Therefore I did obey the voice of the Spirit, and took Laban by the hair of the head, and I smote off his head with his own sword.
1: In the dim light Nephi gazed down at the beheaded general. Now what would he do? Young Nephi decided to resort to a bold but dangerous
2: stratagem. It says, And after I had smitten off his head with his own sword, I took the garments of Laban and put them upon mine own body, yea, even every whit, and I did gird on his armor about my loins.
1: It is amazing that a lot of the blood from the beheaded general had not stained the clothes and armor of General Laban, but apparently it hadn't. Perhaps the body of Laban was tilted downward so that the blood ran out on the ground. In any event, Nephi was a large man like the general, and dressed himself in the general's fine clothes and armor.
2: And after I had done this, I went forth unto the treasury of Laban. And as I went forth towards the treasury of Laban, behold, I saw the servant of Laban who had the keys of the treasury. And I commanded him in the voice of Laban that he should go with me into the treasury. And he supposed me to be his master Laban. For he beheld the garments, and also the sword girded about my loins. And he spake unto me concerning the elders of the Jews, he knowing that his master Laban had been out by night among them. And I spake unto him as if it had been Laban.
1: This was fantastic. It was one thing for Nephi to look like Laban. But to talk to his servant was dangerous in the very extreme. Perhaps Nephi adopted the drunken slur of Laban, or otherwise imitated the general. Or maybe the Lord had a hand in making the servant think he was hearing the voice of General Laban. Whatever the explanation, we know it never dawned on the servant that he was talking to the man who had just
2: killed his master. And I also spake unto him that I should carry the engravings, which were upon the plates of brass, to my elder brethren who were without the walls, and I also bade him that he should follow me, and he, supposing that I spake of the brethren of the church, and that I was truly that Laban whom I had slain, wherefore he did follow me. And he spake unto me many times concerning the elders of the Jews, as I went forth unto my brethren who were without the walls.
1: You might easily imagine that the panic that seized Nephi's brothers when they saw what looked like General Laban and a servant emerging from the city gate. Naturally they would assume that Nephi had been killed, and now Laban had come out
2: with his servant to kill them. And it came to pass that when Laman saw me, he was exceedingly frightened, and also Lemuel and Sam, and they fled from before my presence, For they supposed it was Laban, and that he had slain me, and had sought to take away their lives also. And it came to pass that I called after them, and they did hear me, wherefore they did cease to flee from my presence. And it came to pass that when the servant of Laban beheld my brethren, he began to tremble, and was about to flee from before me, and return to the city of Jerusalem.
1: But now Nephi had a new problem. The moment he had called after his brothers and identified himself, the servant of Laban was terrified. The scripture says the poor man began to tremble as he realized he had been collaborating with the very men his true master had ordered killed just a short time before. And even worse, He had actually given into Nephi's hands the most sacred and precious heirloom belonging to the house of Joseph, the plates of brass, something his master had refused to trade for all the wealth of Lehi. In a state of panic and shock, the servant of Laban instinctively started to flee. Of course, this would have been disastrous. The whole city would have been aroused. Nephi knew he had to do something
2: desperately and quickly. And now I, Nephi, being a man large in stature, and also having received much strength of the Lord, therefore I did seize upon the servant of Laban, and held him, that he should not flee. And it came to pass that I spake with him, that if he would hearken unto my words, As the Lord liveth, and as I live, even so, that if he would hearken unto our words, we would spare his life, And I spake unto him, even with an oath, that he need not fear, that he should be a free man like unto us, if he would go down in the wilderness with us.
1: Nephi had said he was large of stature, and now we discover how strong he was. Even though he was holding the heavy brass plates in one arm, he reached out with his other hand and got a hammerlock grip on the servant of Laban. So Nephi had the advantage of holding him firmly while he began reasoning with him.
2: And I also spake unto him, saying, Surely the Lord hath commanded us to do this thing, and shall we not be diligent in keeping the commandments of the Lord? Therefore, if thou wilt go down into the wilderness to my father, thou shalt have place with us. And it came to pass that Zoram did take courage at the words which I spake. Now Zoram was the name of the servant, and he promised that he would go down into the wilderness unto our father. And he also made an oath unto us that he would tarry with us from that time forth. Now we were desirous that he should tarry with us for this cause, that the Jews might not know concerning our flight into the wilderness, lest they should pursue us and destroy us, And it came to pass that when Zoram had made an oath unto us, our fears did cease concerning him. And it came to pass that we took the plates of brass, and the servant of Laban, and departed into the wilderness, and journeyed unto the tent of our father.
1: You might think this was the end of the story, but a lot of things happened to these four sons of father Lehi before they arrived at the tent of their father. This is implied by the opening verses of the next chapter. 1 Nephi chapter 5 It was Dr. Joseph Ganot of Hebrew University who pointed out to us that the four sons of Father Lehi could not have returned to their father for many, many weeks after the beheaded general was discovered dead in front of his own estate. The whole region would have been in an uproar. Soldiers would have guarded every highway and searched every nook and cranny in the city, looking for the man who killed the general. Of course, they would be looking for Zoram, Laban's servant. It would seem clear that since he had disappeared with the precious brass plates, it would seem obvious that Zoram was the man who killed Laban. Dr. Ganot believes the search for Zoram would have extended over a period of many weeks, maybe even many months, after Laban was killed. Dr. Ganod is also of the opinion that Nephi and his brothers would undoubtedly have taken Zoram to their homestead near the community of Lehi and perhaps even hidden Zoram in the treasure cave while their former neighbors and friends brought them food and water. The fact that Lehi's four sons did not return for a surprisingly long time is borne out by the Book of Mormon itself. Nephi writes,
2: and it came to pass that after we had come down into the wilderness unto our father behold he was filled with joy and also my mother sarai was exceeding glad for she truly had mourned because of us for she had supposed that we had perished in the wilderness and she also had complained against my father telling him that he was a visionary man saying behold thou hast led us forth from the land of our inheritance and my sons are no more, and we perish in the wilderness. And after this manner of language had my mother complained against my father. And it had come to pass that my father spake unto her, saying, I know that I am a visionary man, for if I had not seen the things of God in a vision, I should not have known the goodness of God, but had tarried at Jerusalem, and had perished with my brethren. But behold, I have obtained a land of promise, in the which things I do rejoice, yea, and I know that the Lord will deliver my sons out of the hands of Laban, and bring them down again unto us in the wilderness. And after this manner of language did my father Lehi comfort my mother Sariah, concerning us, while we journeyed in the wilderness up to the land of Jerusalem to obtain the record of the Jews."
1: Of course, Lehi had taught his sons how to survive in the wilderness. He felt certain they would somehow make it back to the camp. Meanwhile, he had done everything possible to comfort Saria.
2: And when we had returned to the tent of my father, behold, their joy was full, and my mother was comforted. Saria's
1: overflowing relief and joy when she saw her sons finally returning to the camp restored her faith in lehi her husband it says
2: and she spake saying now i know of a surety that the lord hath commanded my husband to flee into the wilderness yea and i also know of a surety that the lord hath protected my sons and delivered them out of the hands of laban and given them power whereby they could accomplish the thing which the lord hath commanded them And after this manner of language did she speak. And it came to pass that they did rejoice exceedingly, and did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto the Lord, and they gave thanks unto the God of Israel.
1: Of course, after the excitement of the return of the four sons had subsided, the next thing was to look at the precious records of Laban that the boys had brought back with them.
2: And after they had given thanks unto the God of Israel, My father Lehi took the records which were engraven upon the plates of brass, and he did search them from the beginning. And he beheld that they did contain the five books of Moses, which gave an account of the creation of the world, and also of Adam and Eve, who were our first parents, and also a record of the Jews from the beginning, even down to the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, and also the prophecies of the holy prophets from the beginning, even down to the commencement of the reign of Zedekiah, and also many prophecies which have been spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah.
1: It is obvious from these verses that the plate of Laban not only contained everything that was set forth in the Jewish Old Testament, but that Zoram had been extremely zealous in recording the latest prophecies of Jeremiah right up to that time.
2: And it came to pass that my father Lehi also found upon the plates of brass a genealogy of his father's. Wherefore he knew that he was a descendant of Joseph, yea, even that Joseph who was the son of Jacob, who was sold into Egypt, and who was preserved by the hand of the Lord, that he might preserve his father Jacob and all his household from perishing with famine. And they were also led out of captivity and out of the land of Egypt by the same God who had preserved them. And thus my father Lehi did discover the genealogy of his fathers. And Laban also was a descendant of Joseph, wherefore he and his fathers had kept the records. It must have been
1: a great satisfaction to Lehi to learn that he was a distant descendant of the famous Joseph who was sold into Egypt. However, he was very surprised to find that Laban, their enemy, was also a descendant of Joseph.
2: And now when my father saw all these things, he was filled with the Spirit, and began to prophesy concerning his seed, that these plates of brass should go forth unto all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people who were of his seed. Wherefore he said that these plates of brass should never perish neither should they be dimmed any more by time and he prophesied many things concerning his seed and it came to pass that thus far i and my father had kept the commandments wherewith the lord had commanded us and we had obtained the records which the lord had commanded us and searched them and found that they were desirable yea even of great worth unto us insomuch that we could preserve the commandments of the Lord unto our children. Wherefore it was wisdom in the Lord that we should carry them with us, as we journeyed in the wilderness towards the land of promise.
1: These scriptures make it plain that the brass plates of Laban had a great mission in the latter days. This is something that must still happen in the future. First Nephi chapter 6 Now we come to a brief editorial by Nephi concerning his writings. He wants us to know that the record we are now reading was very carefully prepared as a missionary treatise. Here is what he says.
2: And now I, Nephi, do not give the genealogy of my fathers in this part of my record. Neither at any time shall I give it after upon these plates which I am writing, for it is given in the record which has been kept by my father. Wherefore, I do not write it in this work, for it sufficeth me to say that we are a descendant of Joseph, and it mattereth not to me that I am particular to give a full account of all the things of my father, for they cannot be written upon these plates. For I desire the room that I may write of the things of God. For the fulness of mine intent is that I may persuade men to come unto the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac, of the God of Jacob, and be saved.
1: And here is Nephi back around 600 B.C. talking about God's plan of salvation. Nephi does not intend to burden this record with genealogy or historical events. He wants to testify concerning the message of God to the children of men.
2: Wherefore the things which are pleasing unto the world I do not write, but the things which are pleasing unto God and unto those who are not of the world. Wherefore, I shall give commandment unto my seed, that they shall not occupy these plates with things which are not of worth unto the children of men.
1: First Nephi chapter 7. After this time, Lehi apparently thought he and his family were going to God's promised land alone. But all of this was changed when Lehi received a new revelation.
2: Nephi writes, And now I would that ye might know, that after my father Lehi had made an end of prophesying concerning his seed, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto him again, saying that it was not meet for him, Lehi, that he should take his family into the wilderness alone, but that his sons should take daughters to wife, that they might raise up seed unto the Lord in the land of promise." And it came to pass that the Lord commanded him that I, Nephi, and my brethren, should again return unto the land of Jerusalem, and bring down Ishmael and his family into the wilderness. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did again with my brethren go forth into the wilderness to go up to Jerusalem.
1: The last time Lehi's sons were sent to Jerusalem, Laman and Lemuel were very rebellious and reluctant to go. But the idea of going back again to get the beautiful daughters of Ishmael, that was different. There was no reluctance on their part this time.
2: And it came to pass that we went up unto the house of Ishmael, and we did gain favor in the sight of Ishmael, insomuch that we did speak unto him the words of the Lord. And it came to pass that the Lord did soften the heart of Ishmael, and also his household, insomuch that they took their journey with us down into the wilderness to the tent of our father.
1: The miracle here was the willingness of Ishmael and the entire family to join with the family of Lehi and go to some unknown promised land. However, there were some mitigating circumstances. We learned that Ishmael's two older sons were already married to Lehi's two oldest daughters. So these two families had enjoyed a close relationship for several years. It was from these two families that millions of their descendants would populate the promised land.
2: And it came to pass that as we journeyed in the wilderness, behold, Laman and Lemuel, and two of the daughters of Ishmael, and the two sons of Ishmael and their families, did rebel against us, yea, against me, Nephi, and Sam, and their father Ishmael, and his wife, and his three other daughters. And it came to pass, in the which rebellion, they were desirous to return unto the land of Jerusalem.
1: We notice that Laman and Lemuel were joined by two of Ishmael's daughters in this rebellion, so there may have been some romancing going on. The two oldest sons of Ishmael, who were married to the daughters of Lehi, also rebelled. And Nephi was especially amazed with his older brethren. He began to realize that even though Laman and Lemuel had seen an angel on their previous journey, it certainly meant nothing to them.
2: And now I, Nephi, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, therefore I spake unto them, saying, Yea, even unto Laman and unto Lemuel, Behold, ye are mine elder brethren, and how is it that ye are so hard in your hearts? and so blind in your minds, that ye have need that I, your younger brother, should speak unto you, yea, and set an example for you? How is it that ye have not hearkened unto the word of the Lord? How is it that ye have forgotten that ye have seen an angel of the Lord? Yea, and how is it that ye have forgotten what great things the Lord hath done for us? in delivering us out of the hands of Laban, and also that we should obtain the record. Yea, and how is it that ye have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will for the children of men, if it so be that they exercise faith in him? Wherefore, let us be faithful to him.
1: Nephi was so indignant and aroused that he decided to do some
2: prophesying himself. And if it so be that we are faithful to him, we shall obtain the land of promise. And ye shall know at some future period that the word of the Lord shall be fulfilled concerning the destruction of Jerusalem. For all things which the Lord hath spoken concerning the destruction of Jerusalem must be fulfilled. For behold, the Spirit of the Lord ceaseth soon to strive with them, For behold, they have rejected the prophets, and Jeremiah have they cast into prison, and they have sought to take away the life of my father, insomuch that they have driven him out of the land. Now behold, I say unto you, that if ye will return unto Jerusalem, ye shall also perish with them. And now if ye have choice, go up to the land, and remember the words which I speak unto you, that if ye go, ye will also perish. For thus the Spirit of the Lord constraineth me that I should speak.
1: Nephi's words had cut this group of rebels to the quick. Their anger immediately boiled over into violence.
2: And it came to pass that when I, Nephi, had spoken these words unto my brethren, they were angry with me, And it came to pass that they did lay their hands upon me, for behold, they were exceeding wroth, and they did bind me with cords, for they sought to take away my life, that they might leave me in the wilderness to be devoured by wild beasts. But it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, according to my faith which is in thee, wilt thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren, yea, even give me strength, that I may burst these bands with which I am bound. And it came to pass that when I had said these words, behold, the bands were loosed from off my hands and feet, and I stood before my brethren, and I spake unto them again.
1: Nephi knew that his ability to burst his bands and suddenly stand before them was a miracle, but his brothers thought it was just a gesture of renewed defiance. They were determined to bind Nephi, leave him in the desert, and let him be devoured by wild beasts.
2: Therefore it says, And it came to pass that they were angry with me again, and sought to lay hands upon me. But behold, one of the daughters of Ishmael, yea, and also her mother, and one of the sons of Ishmael, did plead with my brethren, insomuch that they did soften their hearts, and they did cease striving to take away my life.
1: Now the rebels had seen a second miracle, but it just made them that much more angry. They were about to lay hands on Nephi for the third time when one of Ishmael's daughters pleaded for Nephi. So did her mother. Even one of the sons of Ishmael stood up
2: for Nephi. And it came to pass that they were sorrowful because of their wickedness, insomuch that they did bow down before me and did plead with me that I would forgive them of the thing that they had done against me.
1: This sudden change of heart by the rebels was a greater miracle than the bursting of the bonds. The Spirit of the Lord changed these rebels from their obvious intent to murder Nephi to begging for his forgiveness.
2: And it came to pass that I did frankly forgive them all that they had done, and I did exhort them that they would pray unto the Lord their God for forgiveness. And it came to pass that they did so. And after they had done praying unto the Lord, we did again travel on our journey towards the tent of our father. And it came to pass that we did come down unto the tent of our father. And after I and my brethren and all the house of Ishmael had come down unto the tent of my father, they did give thanks unto the Lord their God, And they did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto him.
1: This is a fantastic chapter. What could have been a terrible tragedy ended in harmony and reconciliation.